Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm so glad I'm here to rejoice and be glad in it today. The Lord said, praise him in the tabernacle. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sultry and harp. Praise him with the temple and dance. Praise him with string instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath this morning praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful this morning that you have come to Tabernacle of Praise. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, we pray that today we would see Jesus. Bind the devil and let the Holy Spirit have his way this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord this morning. I don't know about you, but I feel good this morning. They talking about it was going to rain and everything, but God got the rain out the way. I see the sun shining this morning. On behalf of our pastor, Jonathan B. Fields, Jr., and First Lady Melody Fields, we want to extend a warm tabernacle of praise. We're so happy to see you this morning. Those that are visiting with us online, we know you could have gone anywhere else, but we're thankful that you tuned in today. We are the church with the open door where everybody is somebody and worship is truly a joy. I'm so excited this morning. You know, the church was at work doing the outreach last week, our backpack Sabbath. They passed out 250 backpacks, praise the Lord. And some of the fruit has come out here today, praise the Lord. Isn't God good? We have Sister Let uh, uh, Juanita. Blades, amen, amen, and Layla and Rodney, amen, praise the Lord, and we have Rakesha Hill, amen, praise the Lord, but well, we want to welcome you, you visited but once and now you're part of the family, amen. amen, we want you to feel at home because you are part of our family, amen, amen. Backpack Sabbath was so powerful. As we looked out, we had our t-shirts on and everything, everybody working together. You know, there's power and there's strength. You know, outreach is the, is the lifeblood of the church. It's not what, you, what you're doing for somebody else, but it revitalizes your own spirituality when you're trying to help somebody else. That's what it's all about. Praise the Lord. God is just so good. And we want to continue to build relationships with those that, that came last week, amen. We have the numbers and the names and we're gonna be contacting these people. Beverly, I think, called all of them this week. <laughs> Praise the Lord, making the connection. And that's what it's all about, building relationships. And we wanna keep that spirit alive. You know, Satan was so mad he tried to send that tornado. But you know, God, God held the, the storm back. We passed out the last backpack. We took down the flags and we had just got in the church. He said, okay, devil, go ahead. You can go now. All the seeds have already been planted. Praise the Lord for that. So we're just gonna keep that spirit alive, amen. We have a group going out 
uh, this evening going out to, to the homeless. Going to be taking backpack, uh, uh, tents and all kind of supplies. So God is good. Amen. Amen. And we just want you to write on your calendars, October, August the 20th, we're having our big area-wide uh, picnic out at the uh, Spanish Lake Park. Amen. I want you to bring a friend. We're going to have a good time out there. I want you to always tune in on, on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock on our prayer line. Amen. And we want to have a meeting with all our men after church. We want to get everything organized for our big men's retreat. Amen. In Branson, Missouri. And we have a nice little blessing that we're going to share with you, brethren. Amen. It's going to help you in your pocketbook. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good. He may not be there when you want him, but he's always right on time in your wallet. Amen. <laughs> well, you know, we live in 2023. Uh, but we want, is anybody selling their, bir their birthday today? Any birthdays? Any August birthdays in the house? Amen, Brother Miller. And Brother Miller, what, what year will you be celebrating? Okay, do the math. 83? 86, praise the Lord. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. Okay, Brother Miller, they send you in two years, but that's okay. Praise the Lord. When you, that, when you get, get to that point, who cares? You're just blessed by the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, I will be celebrating my anniversary in two days. Praise the Lord. Seemed like just yesterday. Here we are, 12 years. Woo, look at God. Look at God. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. Amen, amen. We just praise God for all his blessings. At this time, if there aren't any more visitors, amen. I want to thank Joseph. Joseph had to go out of town to a conference, and he just got back off the airplane. That's faithfulness. It came straight to the church. We praise the Lord for his faithfulness. Amen. That makes a huge difference. So let's continue to praise God this morning as we worship him in spirit and in truth.
can anybody help the choir testify? Boy, I tell you, heaven is truly in the building. It is always good to be in the presence of God. When you have that tough week and have troubling thoughts, but when you get into the presence of the Almighty God, what a great and mighty God we serve. Because he first of all started giving you a peace of mind. You're not even thinking about what you just went through when you get into the presence of God. Because the presence of God starts eliminating all your troubles. Oh, I wish I had a witness today. So you guys don't know what kind of week that I had. Putting me on dumb projects that ain't even my job doing somebody else's stuff and then if I don't do it right then I gotta take the fall for it but the presence of God when I start praying say God help me not because I'm worthy not because I need it but just because you love me I know the presence of God is with me boy I tell you God turned that thing around and gave me favor with my bosses where they say man you know what that looked like it was impossible. I couldn't even do it. I didn't, couldn't even figure it out. And here you are bringing a report, a good report, so we can have a good meeting and we can have a progress and we can move forward in our business. What do you say? That's what God will do for you. That's what God would do for you. This is the moment for those of you online. Get ready for your power moment. This church is a church that God has anointed. This is a church of power. This is a church of love. This is a church where you need to belong. Because when you get inside the sanctuary, God going to do something special for your life. If you use your faith in believing, the Bible says anything that you ask in faith believing in Jesus name he will do it come on family come on to the altar with me come on we want you to experience the power of God not because of my words but watch what God does because of your obedience This is where we come to blend together. Letting our creator know that we appreciate his grace. What do you say? You all ready? Let's go. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon us. 
We need the anointing just to survive. We come to the altar out of, out of, out of obedience. You said if we humble ourselves, we seek your face, we turn from wickedness and sin. You said that you were here from heaven and then you will forgive us and you will heal us. So now we take you at your word. Your word says for us to look to the hills from which cometh our help. That's what we're here to do. We're looking to the hills. That's what you said. You said that you will be a present help in a time of trouble. So you asked us to call on your name. So that's what you said. Though. So that's what we're doing at this moment. You said that your grace is sufficient for us and our lives can be changed in a moment or twinkling of eye by your power. That's what you said. That's what we're here for. You said, God, that great is he that is in us than he that is in the world because trouble is on every side and the devil, our enemy, is trying to destroy us. But you said, greater is your love for us. That's what you said. You said that you created us not just for a moment, not just for a minute, not just for 70 years. You said you created us forever to live with you. That's what you said, God. So now, Lord, we ask that you fulfill the blueprint of our lives. Even though we don't know all what it is and we don't understand all what transpired, but we believe and trust in you. We activate our faith now for our families, for our kids. We ask you to continue to govern our lives so we can journey with you being led by your spirit. That we can experience your grace. That we can experience your power. That we can experience your love. That we can experience your blessings. That we can experience who you are. And that others may see that our relationship is real. And, by, and because of that authentic genuine relationship with you they too may want to be a part of your eternal kingdom I pray today God that this moment our visitors Lord who have come Lord just to experience the power of God I pray don't you fail them today they need the outpouring of the Holy Spirit just like the rest of us so now we ask that that take place today. We believe that it's already is happening for those who are online. I pray God that you go and travel into those homes and I ask that your spirit abide there and I ask that you refresh and renew their minds and their hearts and I ask that the love of Christ abide in them. Lord, somebody is troubled in their mind. Somebody is ready to give up. Somebody is shaking in their faith. Now I'm asking, this is your opportunity to show up and show out where they testimony can see that you have work in their favor. 
not because they're worthy but because they need your help now go and rescue them that's our prayer that's our plea in the mighty name of Jesus now Lord we ask now you look down on your manservant that you have given him a special task for today for the souls who are in your presence I'm asking you to use him mightily and powerfully I'm asking that you remind him of the things he have studied and give him that extra dose of the Holy Spirit so he'll know that you are in, in control and you are in charge and that the message is also for him and his household so he can be blessed and he can be elevated and his faith can be more sustained in you. Now pour out your spirit on him that he may speak the truth and nothing but the truth so help all of us remain in a faithful relationship with you so now spirit of the living God fall afresh in this place until we leave this is our prayer this is our plea this is our cry in the mighty awesome fantastic marvelous unstoppable unbelievable unshakable undisputed name above all names the only name whereby we must be saved in Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Jesus name. We accept this prayer. Thank you for inclining thy ear unto us. Now grant us of your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to ask the children if they would follow Miss Cherie. If everybody can see Miss Cherie right here, raise your hand. All the children, go downstairs for Children Church this morning. All of our children, all of our children are going downstairs. If the parents let them for Children Church, there will be some adults down there. Praise God. While, they're go while they are going there, I am so happy this morning to be in the house of God, amen? amen. I just wanna echo what Paul said about the uh, backpack rally. I was able to call 64 different families, amen. We had about seven families that were requesting Bible studies, amen. About five families that were needing some counseling, but I, I met some friends on the phone. I, I kinda felt like I knew them when they came in. I knew, I knew that was Juanita when she walked through the door <laughs> this morning. We had talked to her about coming over and doing some things with us. She's a musician. So I'm just so glad to see them here with us. The P-Rally went very well. Now we're about the business of moving into our December Thank You, Thank you Lord concert. So we want you to start putting your monies together, inviting people to come on out with us. Um, Teresa, how are we doing with our tithing right now? Are we on or are we under a little? We are under just a tad bit. Give God some praise. Amen. Somebody that can fix that need to fix that. Bring us some more money in here so we can meet our tithe goal. Amen. We're going to ask the deacons if they would come forward this morning as we receive our tithes and offerings. We're going to offer a word of prayer as they're coming. Dear God, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus for what you're about to do, Lord, with this offering. 
Lord, we pray that we will be good stewards of your money, that we would use it wisely so that we can hasten your soon coming. God, we love you so much, and we want to thank those that will be giving this morning. To those of you that are watching online, you can send the money to 1721 Parker Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63138, or you can turn it into dollar sign top cash. Is that right? In Jesus' name, amen. Top giving. There it is on the screen. Dollar sign top giving. Amen. That's the cash app.
understand my prayer. You never understand my prayer. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to figure it out. Because my worship. Because my worship. My worship. My worship. Is for real. Is for real. Because my worship. Because my worship. My worship is for real. My worship is for real. You don't know my story. You don't know my story. Or the things I've been through. Or the things that I've been through. You don't know my pain. You don't know.
Sometimes you can praise God right out of your voice. <clears throat> praise the Lord. Our scripture reading is found in St. John 11. And we're going to read it responsively, verses 38 through 44. Let us stand for the reading of the word. It says, then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. All together, and he who lay, died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him. And let them go. Amen. Amen. We've been titled our message today, Roll Away the Stone. Father God, this is your time. We're your people. We're standing here totally unable to do this, Lord. But we ask for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Let your spirit be the unseen teacher and presenter of your word. Bind the devil and let the Holy Spirit have its way this morning. And we'll be careful to give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. 
You know, when we think about Jesus, we often have ideas of Jesus walking on the smooth mountains and walking in the cool valleys and sitting beside the still waters, the gentle breezes. But the fact of the matter is, is that Jesus lived amongst the real people. Jesus was not hidden away somewhere praying, but Jesus was amongst the real people. He dealt with the real problems. He was always accessible to the people that needed him most. You see, when Jesus was on earth, he spoke in parables. You see, he had to speak in a language that had to be uh, 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 interpreted by the Holy Ghost. You know, those people with all their degrees, they would listen to Jesus and scratch their heads. And little children would understand what he was saying because spiritual things are spiritually discerned. But Jesus had to speak in parables because there was always people trying to twist his words and turn them into things that was against him. Satan would always use demonic power to work through human agency in order to try to destroy Jesus. The Bible says in Ephesians 6.12 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against wickedness, uh, against the powers of wickedness in, this, in high places in this world. So I'm trying to tell you today that if you're not having some type of problems in your life, if Satan's not disrupting your life even a little bit, then I will suggest that you need to get a little closer to the Lord. What do you say? You see, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.12, it says that, all that will live godly. It didn't say some. It said all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Amen. Jesus, when he was on earth, he had no earthly home. Jesus was homeless. That's why Jesus said, if you've done it unto the least of them, my brothers, it is as though you have done it unto me. The Bible says in Matthew 8, 20, he says, foxes have holes. The birds of the air have nests, but Jesus, the Son of God, hath nowhere to lay his head. Jesus had to rely on those who were moved by the Holy Ghost to open up their homes to have a place to stay. Everybody knew that when Jesus came to the city of Bethany, which was a small village in Judea, that there was only one place that he was going to stay. And that was the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. You see, they were all brothers and sisters. You know, Jesus felt comfortable when he went to their home. He didn't have to speak in parables anymore. He could speak plainly. That was family to him. And that's how it should be in the church. We should be a family. You know, that's why we call each other brother and sister. Because we're a family. When somebody hurts, we all hurt. When we rejoice, we should all rejoice. Amen. And when Jesus went to Bethany, he stayed there with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And that was one particular time where Martha was in the kitchen preparing a nice meal. Maybe it was a Sabbath meal. She could have had some greens and some macaroni and cheese and some candied sweet potatoes. She may have had some pecan patties and some eggplant parmesan, some yeast buttered rolls and had a nice little mixed drink, top it off with some uh, pineapples, a nice little meal. She had to make sure the place settings wrapped a little napkin around. She had everything perfect. And then she looked in the living room, in the front room and saw Mary sitting down at the feet of Jesus and she got mad. 
She said, Jesus, tell Mary to come in here and help me. I'm up here cooking all this food, slaving, and she's up here sitting down at your feet. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're concerned about many things. You see, but the Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. See, when you sit at the feet of Jesus, you got the best dish on the table. You see, when you sit at the feet of Jesus, the words of heaven are coming down. And Mary was never going to forget what Jesus had done for her. You see, Mary was the person that, that Jesus found. See, Mary grew up in the church, and somehow she wound up on the wrong side of town. She was led into a life by a relative, Simon by name, went down to the red light district, moving her body in suggestive ways in order to attract men to sell her body for, 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 for money. She was down in a city called Magdala, and her street name was Mary Magdalene. But one day, she heard the voice of Jesus. She saw Jesus standing over her. Called her voice, her, called out to Mary and cleansed her of seven demons. Cleaned her up. He didn't ridicule her. He didn't scold her. He just simply loved her back into the church. You see, when people fall out and get caught up in the world, we don't have to say, where you been, this, that, and the other. We have to love them back. We have to love them back. And so Mary was sitting there. She never forgot what Jesus did for her. I'm sure Joseph, she sang that song, You Don't Know My Story. You don't know my pain. You don't know what it took for me to get here. You never understand my pain because my worship is for real. She said, you wasn't there when Jesus found me and wrapped his loving arms around me. You don't know the cost of the oil in her alabaster box. And so Mary said, go ahead on, Martha. Go ahead and cook dinner. I'm going to sit here with Jesus. And so they had a close-knit family. They had a lot of things to talk about. Jesus can clean us up. It doesn't matter how far off the beaten path you've gone. Jesus can clean us up. That's the power of God. And so this was a time where it was a tense situation. Their brother Lazarus came to the point where he took on an illness. It wasn't one that you can go down to the neighborhood pharmacy and get some Tylenol. He was sick unto death. And so while this disease was starting to take over Lazarus, they weren't utterly disturbed because they had the family physician whose name was Jesus. You see, I wonder what, will, what do people do when they're getting in trouble that don't know the Lord? You see, I don't, I'm not suggesting that when you get in trouble, when you come to the Lord, that you never experience any more pain. But the pain is different when you know the Lord. Come on, somebody. What do you do when you go to the doctor and the doctor says, there's nothing else we can do? What do you do? You know, I believe doctors are good people, but doctors don't really give me a lot of comfort. You know, because they have too many probabilities. They say, well, we're, we're, we're going to 
we're going to test for this and we're going to test for that. And, and, and after we've looked at that and looked at the other, we have concluded that we're going to run some more tests. But I'm so glad that we serve a God who doesn't have to run any tests. I'm so glad we serve a God who knows all about your situation. He said before you were formed in the belly, he knew you. He knows every cell in your body so we can tell it to Jesus. You, so, when, so when you serve Jesus, you can't believe that it's always going to be a smooth ride. You know, you can't believe that there won't be any more trials. You see, if, if, if God said if you come to the church and be a Christian, you know, won't have any more problems, you won't have any more situations, you won't have any more tests, everybody would be a Christian. You would have more hypocrites in the church than you could shake a stick at. But Jesus said that if you choose to live godly, you're going to suffer some kind of persecution. If you thought you wouldn't have any problems when you came to God, you say, if you could, uh, you could get over and get by just coming to the Lord, everybody would be a Christian. But that is not the case. You remember the story of Job. They said when, when they came together, uh, Satan came. And they said, where would you come from, Satan? He said, I came from walking back and forth on the earth. I'm, written, I'm representing the earth because now I took the dominion away from Adam. Now I have full dominion of the earth. And Jesus said, well, have you considered my servant Job? You don't have everybody. He said, Satan said, well, look how you blessed him. No wonder he served you. Look how you blessed them coming in and going out. He said, I'll tell you something, Jesus. He said, if you let me get at them. He said, I consider them because the only reason I can't get to them is because you got that hedge around them. He said, you remove that hedge from around him and let me get at him. I guarantee you, I'll take away that stuff and he'll curse you to your face. And in 24 hours... The devil sent a tornado. They call him the, the, the God of the wind. You know, whenever there's a tornado, they say that's an act of God, but that's really Satan. God may allow it, but Satan is the one behind it. Tore up all of his houses, took all his cattle, his camels, his sheep, took his family, took every single thing in 24 hours. Even his wife said, go ahead and commit suicide. Just curse God and die. He said, you talk like a fool. He said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Naked I came into this world. Naked I'm going to leave it. Though the Lord slay me, yet will I trust him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. See, it's not about the stuff. It's about a love relationship with God. I don't care how beautiful our homes are. We're trying to get everything decorated, everything right. But you're getting everything beautiful for the, for the kindling. For the big fire that's going to burn everything up. It's going to burn up all them cars and mansions and everything. So you need to wear this earth like a loose garment. Don't hang on to the things of this world. Because it's all going to pass away. So it came, to, it came time to call the great physician Jesus. Mary and Martha, uh, they, they sent a word. But they couldn't send a straight word and say, Lazarus is sick. They had to send it in a coded message because the Pharisees, and they were trying to ambush him. They knew if they said Lazarus was sick, they knew exactly where he was going, so they would try to kill him. So they had to put a coded message and say, one whom thou lovest is sick. Now, come on now. You got to be close 
to be able to just send a message to Jesus and just say, one whom thou lovest is sick, and Jesus knows who it is. I dare some of you to say, Lord, one whom thou lovest needs some money because he may not have heard you in so long. He may not know who you are. You need to say, Lord, you need to get your full name and social security number. But you had to be close to Jesus. Jesus is always there. And so the Pharisees got the message, and, and the little boy was walking, and they said, hold on, son, where are you going? I got a message for Jesus. Let me see. Let me see that. One whom thou lovest is sick. You know what that means? I thought Jesus loved everybody. I don't know. Go ahead. So they went on and took the message down, took the message and ran down to Jesus. And the disciples said, let me see. Hold on, son. Where are you going? I got a message for Jesus. Okay, let me see what it says. One whom thou lovest is sick. Okay. Okay, boy, shut it down. Put stuff away. Now it's time to get ready because they even knew that it was Lazarus. Everybody knew that was Lazarus. And Jesus got the message. He said, hold on, son. Don't, don't put nothing away, disciples, because his sickness is not unto death. Amen. And, and they sent the messenger back. The messenger turned back and ran back to Mary and Martha and said, the sickness is not unto death. They were so excited. And they ran to the, and they got to Lazarus and said, Lazarus, Jesus said, your sickness is not unto death. Thinking that you're not going to die. And they sat there praying. You know, you get, you get that glimmer of hope. And Lazarus started getting worse. What do you do with when you prayed and God is telling you something is going to happen, if you just pray and just hold on, change is going to come. But the change that came wasn't the change that they were looking for. They sat there waiting on Lazarus to get well and his, his, his countenance began to fall. He got to the point where he couldn't even talk anymore and they're looking at him check this temperature he's got a fever and he finally got to the point where Lazarus died Martha looks into Mary's eyes without saying a word it's just a lot of contempt and anger started to well up in them thinking was this some type of perverted joke why would God why would Jesus tell us that it wasn't a sickness unto death and yet Lazarus dies? Why would Jesus allow this to happen? Why would he take me down this road and have my expectations as though he's going to save him and then let him die? You know, some of us are wondering why Jesus doesn't come when we call. Like Jesus is a genie in the bottle. We have to listen, folks. We have to get to the point. When bad things happen, never to let your mind go into that negative vein and start thinking that Jesus doesn't love you, that Jesus doesn't care. Why would Jesus allow this to happen if he loved me? When we start letting those negative things come into our mind, we attract clouds of evil angels until they'll have you so depressed to the point where you want to deny God. You and I have to come to the place where we know that we know that Christ loves us. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loves us. 
And if you want to be healed and see the glory of God, you cannot do it in a negative state of mind. You know, we have to realize that whatever God allows, he allows it for a reason. If, you, if it will bring glory to God to let you suffer, then you'll suffer. If it will bring glory to God to let you sleep in the death that God can bring you back, then he'll let you sleep. It'll bring glory to God to heal you, he'll heal you. But it's not about us. It's about the glory of God. I know that's a hard pill to swallow. But whatever God does for us and to us and through us is for his glory. The problem is we don't believe God if he's not blessing us immediately and consistently. If God ever stops blessing us, then all of a sudden we're trying to question God. The slightest bad thing happens to us. We're like, I don't know. I don't know. Those disciples, when they saw that, that's what they were saying. I don't know. They said, you know, I, I really didn't want to bring that thing up about John the Baptist, you know. Wasn't that Jesus' cousin? He got his head cut off. Now Lazarus gone. I don't know. Looks like serving Jesus is getting kind of rough. I was thinking about going back to fishing anyway. And there's doubt starting to build up in the, uh, 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 in the, in the disciples. There is an air of, 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 of misunderstanding and, and just being angry with God. You see, the disciples are saying to themselves, Jesus said, okay, let's go. And they're looking at Jesus like, oh, we want to go now? You know, didn't you, didn't you say, didn't you get the message that Lazarus is dead? Why are we going now? What are we going to do, cheer him up? And they began to slowly walk. You know how people just dragging Jesus way in front of them. They just dragging behind, all despondent, all discouraged. How are you going to be discouraged when you're with Jesus? And Jesus was blessing people all the way back to Bethany, but they missed it, dragging back, talking about, I don't know. You know, sometimes we come to church in that type of mentality, had a rough week, and we coming in, I don't know. I don't know. But see, when you, when you miss the blessing of God when you're not close to Jesus. The Bible says, you, those that abide under the shadow of the Almighty. To be under the shadow, you got to be close to something. You see, if you want to see the power of God, you got to be in the presence of God. You can't be somewhere talking about, I don't know. You see, the miracle is not going to happen where you are. The miracle is going to happen where Jesus is. And so if you want to witness the power of God, you got to follow him. And so here it is. We come to church. Somebody may distress us. And you know, Satan, he, you, Satan comes to church too, right? He, he's more faithful than some of us. They, they come to church every week. But like those old folks used to say, we have to stay prayed up. Amen. So Jesus said to them, <clears throat> Lazarus is dead, but he sleeps. And they didn't understand that. And so the disciples were saying, um, Jesus, you want us to go back to Bethany? You know, sometimes there are questions that we have that we ask Jesus. You know, and they may seem, they may seem legitimate. 
right? They said, Jesus, uh, Lazarus is dead, so I don't understand this. Um, you want to go back to Bethany where they try to kill you, they try to stone you, and the only reason you got away is because God allowed you to disappear, and they couldn't see where to throw the rocks. You want to go back there, Jesus? You want to put your life in danger as well as our own lives? Now, that takes some faith, doesn't it? That seems logical. Why would you go back to a place where you know they're going to kill you? But God did not give us the spirit of fear. Right? Fear comes from the devil. If God didn't give it to you, who gave you that spirit of fear? God gave you love, power, and a sound mind. And so uh, uh, Jesus said, let's go. We're going to go there again anyway. Even though it may seem like it may put your life in danger. See, Jesus said, our friend Lazarus is dead, but he sleepeth. You see, the disciples said, okay, well, that's good. He's sleeping. Sleep is good for you. Let's, let's not wake him up. Let him sleep on, <laughs> sweet Jesus. Sleep is good for you. Jesus said, no, he's dead, but he sleepeth. Now, they scratching their heads now. They really don't understand what's going on. A lot of times, we don't understand what's going on. You see, they... Why step back into a dangerous situation when the situation is already over? The illness is already overtaken him. He's already dead, Jesus. What are we going back for? Why are we needlessly putting ourselves in the way of danger? The Lord had given them a clear instruction, but because they were frozen in fear, confused, they sat there. All they saw was danger. They saw, they saw no point in doing what Jesus asked. Now, you know, many Christians react the same way. We hear a direct message from God, but because it doesn't make sense to us that we don't want to follow it. You see, let me tell you, it didn't make sense when the children of Israel were out there wandering in the wilderness and they were without water. Now, God could have, they had a cloud over them by day. God could have let it rain. Right? They could have had the little buckets, but God took the most improbable thing and, and told Moses to strike the rock. Now, Moses could have said, Lord, that doesn't even make sense. Strike the rock. Of course, he struck the rock and the water came flying out. You know, it didn't make sense when the children of Israel were marching around Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. It didn't make sense when he, Gideon had to go up against 135 thousand soldiers he only had 22,000 God said that's too many you only need 300 okay God that's good what kind of weapons am I gonna have some bazookas he said no I'm just give you a torch and a bugle that doesn't make sense does it you see it didn't make sense when Hezekiah said Lord I want you to give me a sign give me a sign that you're still with me Jesus he said okay I want you to make the Make the sundial turn backwards 10 degrees. You know what that means? That means the earth that's traveling at 1,000 miles an hour. God would have to slam on the brakes, bring the earth to a halt, and then throw it in reverse, Tori. That's the power of God. You see, the, the, God has more power. All things work together for good to those that love the Lord. I'm glad that Jesus said, I'm not going down there to see Lazarus. 
for your sakes. I'm glad that I am delaying this for a reason because I'm trying to purify your faith. You see, God cannot do everything for you. You will never grow unless you're stretched. When you're trying to build your muscles up, you're having that resistance training. You have to have something pushing against you in order to build your muscles up. Jesus was telling them, you're getting ready to witness the most impossible uh, impossibility of known to human man. You, God said, I've already shown you, I've raised somebody from the dead before. That wasn't anything new. He raised Jairus' daughter. He, he raised the widow at Nain's son. But they were only dead for a few hours. But they had never witnessed somebody to be dead for four days and their body is decaying and bring them back from the dead. You see, their unbelief was a hindrance to the power of God. God was trying to bring them to a point where they could understand the power of God. And when Martha came, Jesus finally arrived and Martha fell down and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Why did you take so long, God, to come here? If you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Some of us are saying the same thing, Lord, if you had been here. Like Jesus, it's never by your side. God said, I will never leave you or forsake you. You see, Martha believes. She said, Jesus, you know, I, you know, I know if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. You know, I believe as long as there was breath in his body that you could have brought him back. I believe you could have did that, Jesus. I believe, Jesus, you had the power to raise a man that's half dead to bring him back. But she's saying that you don't have the power, God, to bring a man back that's been dead for four days and his body is already decaying. You don't have that kind of power, Jesus. You see, I don't know why we make God so small. We put God in a little box. God is the same today, yesterday, and today and forevermore. You see, I believe that most of us today believe that we limit God's power based on what we can understand. We, as long as we can understand how God can do it, as long as it reasonably makes sense, have an inkling of hope, then we'll go with God. But what happens when you're faced with a, with a situation where there's no possibility of anything happening in the natural? What happens when the only way you're going to get out of your situation unless there is a supernatural interceding of God? What do you do? You see, no one gave God any credit to perform the impossible. Nobody thought he could do it. They thought his power was limited. You see, no one ever attempts to do something that they think is impossible. You know, we say all the time, well, you're going to sin. You're going to sin. Well, if you have that mentality in your brain, why would you do anything? Why would you try not to sin? If you're going to say you're going to sin anyway, right? It's in our nature. But God said, I'm able to keep you from falling. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, our crisis is, is that God is looking at our lives and he's telling us that there's some things that you got to get rid of. There's some things that you got to throw out. You see, we holding on these things like the, like the grave clothes of death. Clinging on to those things, those bad habits. But our clinging is a sign of our unbelief that God has the power to break it. 
The fact is God can supply all of our, our needs. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Okay, so it's nothing that you can do in the flesh. But a mighty through God. Mighty through who? Through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of Christ. Bringing every thought, every thought into captivity. Praise the Lord. You see, Lazarus represents not only uh, bondage, the death, the stench of death. You see, the Apostle Paul said, I don't know if he was thinking about Lazarus. He said, the good that I would, I do not. The evil that I would not, those are the things I find myself doing. He said, oh, wretched man that I am. Who can deliver me from the body of this death? There were two spirits, the flesh and the spirit, warring against each other. He said, who can deliver me? I'm on a death march. I'm a dead man walking. I'm so glad his testimony was Christ the righteous. And so Lazarus also represents the glory of God, how God can manifest his power to break the chains of the devil. You see, a person is totally set free from dominion and the bondage and the burden of sin. There's power in the blood. You see, for many believers today, a great stone is unbelief. And Jesus is saying, roll away the stone. Martha didn't believe. The disciples didn't believe. Jesus is saying to us in John eleven forty, 40, he said, If thou would only believe, you should see the glory of God. When Jesus came to the tomb, he said, Roll away the stone. With those few words, he was saying to us, Do you want to be delivered? Do you want to be set free? Get rid of your unbelief. It's in your power to roll away the stone. He didn't summon an angel. He said, I want human agency to do it. I want you to roll away the stone. You see, and when they rolled away the stone, that was an act of faith. And they saw the glory of God. You see, you can't experience the glory of God until you roll away the stone. You got to roll that stone away. You see, so on that fourth day, Jesus came, and the shortest verse in the Bible was written, Jesus wept. Now, Jesus wasn't weeping for Lazarus because he knew what he was about to do. But Jesus, in the vision, Jesus was weeping because he saw the effects of sin from Adam all the way down to the last act of violence on this earth. He saw every child abused. He saw every rape. He saw every murder. He saw every person that would be addicted to drugs. Jesus says he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. There's nothing that you're going to go through that Jesus doesn't know about. Jesus cried when he saw the plight of man, what we would have to go through, what we have to struggle, the pain in this earth. And Jesus wept. He saw you your face and he cried but Jesus said on this day he said I'm going to make a declaration to the devil he said on this day he said devil you might have control and cause problems until I come back but on this day at this tomb I'm going to show the power of God 
Now, I know, I'm sure Satan was like, no, 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 Jesus. Don't, 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 don't roll that stone away. Don't, don't do what I think you're going to do, Jesus, because if you raise Lazarus from the dead, then all the people will know what kind of power you have. All the people will know if you can raise him, if you can conquer death, you can conquer every sin that people are dealing with in this earth. Don't. Don't raise them. Jesus said, no, 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 get back, Satan. I'm going to show everybody on this day that I am the resurrection and the life. He that was dead, yet shall he live again. And Jesus said in those clear voices, they rolled back the stone and Jesus spoke in a clear voice. Joseph, you can go ahead and play. He said, Lazarus, and I'm sure that was a hush. Lazarus, come forth. Now, I'm, now I, you all know that if he didn't say Lazarus, every grave in the world would have opened up. Jesus had to say, hold on. No, 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 no. Not, not yet, y'all. Not yet. Just Lazarus. If he didn't say Lazarus, everything that had ever died would have came up. It would have been like the creation of the world again Jesus is power in the name of what Jesus says he said Lazarus come forth and they were sitting there listening trying to see what was happening and then all of a sudden those eyes that was dried in its sockets got moist again that heart started beating those muscles that was frozen in rigor started moving again that's Skin that had started rotting came back again. Moses was, I mean, Lazarus was wrapped up in those grave clothes. He couldn't run out the, out the tomb, but he was hopping out of that tomb. He hopped out of that tomb. Jesus said, don't just stand there. Go over there and loose them. Get them out of those grave clothes. When God is asking you to roll back the stone, He's really asking, are you ready to surrender your life to God? Are you ready to open up your heart to him? Every day we have to choose to roll back the stone. Satan tries to push that stone back over. No, 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 no. You got to pray every day to roll back the stone. We have to die daily to self. I worship this morning, Kwame. The whole heart must be yielded to God. There should be nothing in reserve. God wants our whole heart. God said, I want you to roll back the stone. We're living in the last days. People who don't even believe in God know that something is about to happen. And that is what God is saying. He said, do you really love Jesus enough to roll back the stone? Do you really love God more than anything? You love God more than your cars, your houses, your family? God's saying, roll back the stone. If that's you today, you're saying, Lord, I want to roll back the stone. I don't want anything to block my love to you. If that's you today, I want you to stand with me. Say, Lord, I want you to keep that stone rolled back. I surrender my heart, my life, 
belongs to you. I don't care what kind of, how good you look this morning. And you look good. But if you don't roll back that stone and let Jesus in your heart, you just have on grave clothes. I don't care what kind of car you drove this morning. I don't care how shiny it looks. But if the stone is not rolled back and you don't have Jesus, you're just driving a hearse. I don't care how beautiful your yard is. If you don't have Jesus in your heart, it's just a cemetery. I don't care how beautiful your home is, but if the stone is not rolled back and Jesus in your heart is just a mortuary. God is saying today, he's asking, is anybody want to go all the way with God? The doors of the church are open. I don't know who's out there, but every week we have to give you an opportunity to join the people of God. You say, I want to go all the way with the Lord. I want to go down in the next watery baptism. I don't know everything, but I know enough that I don't want to be left down here. If that's you, just raise your hand. Just raise it up. The Lord will see that hand. We're going to have a baptism, and we give you a chance to go down in the next baptism. The Lord sees your hand. The Lord knows your heart. Father God, Lord, we're so thankful, Lord. We're so thankful for the price that you paid for us. We're so thankful, Lord, that you had the power over death telling us, Lord, that you can break every chain in our lives. Break the yokes, Lord, that have bound us, Lord. Free us up, Lord, from selfishness and faithlessness, Lord. We pray, Lord, today that those stones will be rolled back and they will never be shut again. We open up our hearts to you. We surrender our hearts to you this morning. Take us, Lord. Use us for your glory. Help us to trust you when we're going through these trials. When we can't understand you, let us have enough faith to know that all things are working together for the good of those that love the Lord. Those things that are called according to your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayer. And the people said together, amen and amen. Praise God this morning. I love you, Jesus. I love you more than anything. We don't want that to just to be a song. We want that to be our, our praise, our preamble. You, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you, Lord, I
May the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another. Amen. Amen.